Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Inside information from a Green Beret with regards to personal experience with the COVID shots and also what he has seen in his experience. We're going to be talking to Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers, retired from the United States Army recently on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, Dr. Chambers, it is such an honor to have you on this program. You testified in our case, and you have been so instrumental in the testimony and other areas around the country and around the world to the men and women in all the branches of service. You took the COVID shot, Moderna, developed demyelination. Let's talk about that. What does that do to you as an individual? And then you started to talk about what you saw happening and even still now, because you get the reports of happening with these other people who have taken these various COVID shots. All right. Okay, so starting out with the, you know, what it, the demyelination, what it did to me personally, it's kind of like taking the wiring of your, you know, something you plug in, taking the, the rubber coating off of it and leaving the metal exposed. That's what, you know, the myelin covers the neurons in the, uh, in the brain and throughout the nerves of the body. So you, you do kind of end up with a, in simple terms, a short circuiting. And so to speak, depending on what part of the brain it's in, will tell you what kind of symptoms you'll have in mind. It was vertigo, brain fog, which a lot of people are experiencing brain fog. That's a, that's a very common one, but vertigo in my business, where you jump out of planes for a living, uh, or even just driving down the road to get a, uh, you know, to get groceries could be deadly. And so, uh, multiple people had that on the border. I think that they correspond to certain lot numbers. You know, one of the, we were the earlier ones getting it in the, in the army for me, uh, and found out later that I, I, I might've had to regret that getting that, but in a way it's kind of given me a voice and I, you know, kind of like in Matthew in the Bible, you have this thorn in your side. Well, I've learned to embrace it, uh, because it gives me a voice. It, we, we were able to use that, not use it. We, it, it came out in the court case that you were and I were in where, uh, you could see the looks on their faces in there when you said, well, you have demyelination. Of course. Yes, sir. I do from the shots. Yes, sir. I mean, we, we were able to show in a visual image in front of a judge and, a, and, and people in that courtroom that, Look, this is real. I'm this a real, real person. Yeah, I've, mm -hmm. I've been yeah. damaged. And me as a doc, I take care of real people who are really wounded in this in this action. And so, if we if we can stop this mandate, we'll save more people than I ever did by putting my hand on them in the yeah. battlefield with them. I remember there was a time when you were on the stand and you talked about demyelination and what it means, what it does. Uh, and you described it similar to what you did now, a little bit longer description, but then we opened up the Pfizer document that had recently been released. This was early March, and our hearing was uh, in mid-March. And we turned to a page that was, I think, a nine-page, single-spaced page where they just listed the first name or the one name of the different kind of conditions that the FDA knew about with regards to the Pfizer shot. And under the alphabetical order of D, you found the word demyelination, and of course that was also a side effect of Pfizer, you took Moderna, but you had the same kind of thing. There are 
that myelination with all of them, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and so forth, and other cardiac conditions. You also talked about just recently what you saw on the border. One of the things that you saw was not only injuries, which we want to talk about that, but you also saw that the majority of people, it seems as though, vast numbers, um, I think you mentioned maybe up into the 80% or so, I'm not exactly sure of the percentage, that were getting COVID on the border were double-vaxxed rather than those who Absolutely. had no vax. Talk about that. Absolutely. When I when I get into little, you know, debates, and I don't like to use the word debate now. I've learned a lot since then. You know, when you when you argue in a dialectic or you just debate in a dialectic, which could be Hegelian or Platonic nightmare in some in some respects, they can pull you off your base. So when we talk about truths, and truths are really where I'm I'm focusing now. And we when we focus on those numbers specifically me that's a study i don't you know there's no other way to put it now the study is in my head because i didn't have time to write it up but it's it when i was sitting at about 3500 soldiers on the border uh and it was getting up to around five or six by the time i left 78 percent you're you're pretty much on the money there matt 78 percent of the people that can that were testing positive who had symptoms were double vaxxed and these are numbers i kept showing to the to the commander, and I said, my guys that don't have shots, the, the ones that, that are not taking it, are not coming in and not testing positive, are not sick, and they're going to work. So these guys are getting 10 days off quarantine. You're, you're, you're making the other guys work harder. And that's the argument that they use, the DOD uses, to say that it's, it's you know, operationally uh, hurting us. But, you know, in the last 18 months, for example, we've had 4.9 million illegal aliens cross the border. Not any vaccines going on, anything like that, but yet they're pressuring our soldiers to get vaccine. You see what's happening as a result. That's crazy. So my question is, I know you've thought about this. You know empirically, personally, you know from studies that it's indisputable at this point that these shots are neither safe nor are they effective in preventing the transmission of COVID. That being the case, why, in your opinion, does the military continue to push these mandates? After 20 years of going downrange and, and doing it in my world for not because we hate what's in front of us, but because we love those next to us and, and those behind us, our families and the people that we protect in this nation and the Constitution for which we fight for, why would our command do this to us is kind of a question that a lot of us have. Why would our command do this? There are soldiers that are depressed that have you know done 20 years of that. I've I've personally have put a lot of people in a body bag, and I don't mean to be so terse, but it's just what it is. Um that had that had died for that. I, I left blood on foreign soil because of those things I talk about that are behind us and next to us, and that love, the truest virtue of a warrior. Why would the command do that to us? And it's a betrayal in a, in a sense, a feeling of betrayal. But if I look and I really think deep into this in the second, third order effects or third order, it, 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 we are a test case for society. You know, when we started back in the 80s for me and it was uh, don't ask, don't tell if it was talking about homosexuality, I didn't care what a soldier did in their personal life. As long as we could fight together and get off the battlefield together, that's all that mattered. It didn't matter. So I don't need to know and it's not my business. And then when it went into well, we're going to doing start doing sex changes, and we're and we've changed so far. This is a test bed. The government's using us as a test bed for a lot of things. And you could be HIV positive and serve in your position, but you have to have the shot. It's That's right, Holly. Crazy. That's right, and it's 
it, it, it's crazy. It, yeah. it seems oh. as though, you know, you see this like in public schools where mm-hmm. it's a it's a culture changing environment. And so because people have these younger people sort of, quote, captured, so to speak, it's an opportunity for them to use that in an abusive way to change their mind. But you also see that in the military. The military, as you know better than anyone, is designed to be a lethal weapon to defend our freedom and to be highly trained and skilled at the highest level with the best technology and best skilled soldiers to be able to fight and defend and even give your lives to give the freedom that we enjoy. Why would you inject all these other things in it? Well, it's because once you're there for that purpose, now you're you're not able to just give a two-week notice and leave. You're not able to just transfer to another school. I'll, I'll go into private school. I'll do homeschool. Once you're there, you're there. And now they have you. And those people that have abusive ideologies then use that military as a culture-shifting experiment to change the culture. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I couldn't have said it better. That's what I've lived for the past, you know, my career is 39 years on uh, my leave and earning statement. Of, it was active guard and reserve, and I've seen all types of uh, forms of the military in different, you know, permissive, non-permissive environments in war and not at war and peacetime and garrison and and then in the dirtiest places in the world. And and when I come back and I go to DC and I'm up in that beltway or I'm up in the Pentagon, the 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 atmosphere is much different than those that find, fix, and finish and close with and destroy the enemy. That's our job at the tactical at that strategic level in that building. Uh, I'm not saying they're all nefarious at all. I'm saying there is an atmosphere of uh, this elitist mentality or, or living in the clouds, not really seeing what it takes yeah. to do the hard to work. To do what the, the real work line. is. We're going to continue yes, that discussion because I want to talk a little bit more about this along these lines. It's a fascinating discussion with Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers, now retired from the United States Army, one of six Green Beret flight surgeons in the world at the time of his retirement. For more information, go to Liberty Council's website with regards to our case involving the cases involving the men and women of all the branches of the military, lc.org forward slash military. That's lc.org forward slash military. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved, lc.org.